Chapter 55, Epilogue Ten years later Ah geez, Red I'm cold, Harley whined as they trudged along the darkening streets of Gotham City. Then perhaps you should have brought a jacket, Ivy suggested, pulling her own trench coat tighter around her shoulders. Red Harley giggled. I was droppin' a hint. Ivy knelt down and smiled at the blade of grass rebelling through the pavement. I know exactly what you were doing, Harley, and I'm denying your request. Humph, Harley pouted, crossing her arms haughtily. Let this be a lesson on the vitality of forethought, Ivy stood up and brushed off her knees. You know, when you said vacation, this isn't exactly what I had in mind. Yeah, I know, Harley's smile brightened. But Power Girl said there's stuff here, we just had to see. Okay. Ivy glared at a stranger who was looking at them oddly. Are we just going to continue wandering aimlessly, or is there an end goal to this little excursion? Harley's grin grew a few sizes as she fished a piece of paper from her pocket and proudly handed it over to the redhead. Dr. Harleen Quinzel, Ivy read aloud. 512 Greystoke Avenue, she looked at the other girl curiously, Harley's eerily pale skin reflecting the street lamp's glow. We're going to meet you. That's right. Harley giggled, snatching the paper back. She's listed in the phone book and everything. This seems like a terrible idea, Ivy's hands were on her hips. I feel like we're violating some law of the multiverse. Pfft, no way. It's all kosher, Power Girl told me so. Harley gave Ivy's hand a little squeeze and skipped off down the street, forcing Ivy to have to jog to keep up. I looked for you too, but all the stuff on Pamela Isley was old, so I got real scared that maybe you died, but I didn't see no obituary so I figured you're probably somewhere doing something sneaky and evil, she giggled. Great, Ivy sighed, slowing down, not caring that Harley was getting ahead of her. She watched as Harley's red and black pigtails bounced along, wishing very much that they were on a beach somewhere rather than just another version of Gotham City. Although. Hey, Red. Harley yelled back over her shoulder. Have you noticed how green it is here? Yes. Ivy replied, finally taking a real look at her surroundings. Although it was mostly still the industrialist pigsty it was in her universe, there were window boxes full of flowers on every second story, and a tree planted on every corner. Ivy was so busy witnessing it all that she didn't notice Harley had stopped walking and bumped into her full force. Ow! She nudged the other woman. What the hell, Harl? Red. Harley breathed, her eyes trained somewhere above them. I, I think I found ya. Ivy frowned and followed Harley's line of sight until it reached a huge billboard on a nearby rooftop. It was a blown-up photo of her, of a green-skinned poison ivy, pointing at the camera and wearing a sexy Uncle Sam outfit. The caption said, I want you to stop littering. Ivy's jaw dropped. What the? Harley was laughing uncontrollably. I don't, she wheezed. I don't see what a problem is, Red. I always said you could have been a model. Harley. Ivy was horrified. What why what's going on? I don't know, Harley giggled, stealing another look at the billboard. But my beaver likes it. The one in your backpack, or? Harley shrugged and started down the street again. Maybe Dr. Quinzel can help us out. With the billboard or the beaver. 
Ivy jogged behind her again, exasperated. I make the jokes, you figure em out. We've got a good system here, Red. Stop trying a make me pull double duty. Ivy groaned and followed Harley to the bus stop where they sat down on the bench. Can you get us a cab? I am pooped. Ivy walked over to the curb and waited. It wouldn't take long to get a ride, cab drivers always stopped for Ivy. Five feet eleven inches of human-ish perfection was tough to pass up, even if they'd just be looking at her in their rearview mirror. Ah uh, hey, Red. Harley ventured, a bit of fear in her voice. Don't come back over here, okay? Ivy turned around and narrowed her eyes at the Harlequin. Why? Um, well. Harley squirmed, glancing to her right. You should be focused on getting us a ride is all. Ivy had only left her alone for a second, what could she possibly have broken? As Ivy approached, Harley got up and scurried to cover the glowing ad on the wall of the bus stop. The redhead arched her brow and grabbed the other woman's arm, pulling her away and revealing another billboard-style graphic starring Poison Ivy. The image featured the man she recognized as Bruce Wayne dressed in a tuxedo, dipping an evening gown-clad Poison Ivy with a rose between her teeth. The caption read, Don't just be a hero, be her hero, remember to recycle. Bruce Wayne That industrialist sack of catnip. Ivy fumed. This is she trailed off as the display rotated to a picture of Poison Ivy kissing Superman on the cheek, as he flew her through the air in the Lois Lane carry with the words, You too can save Mother Earth. Harley. Ivy turned to her, the anger in her voice sounding more like panic. What the hell is going on? Can you believe this? Harley shook her head and braced herself for her friend's reaction to the third ad, which she knew would be showing up in three, Two, Poison Ivy and Aquaman lounged on a beach in revealing swimwear. Ivy was on her stomach, her feet crossed in the air behind her, and her head propped up on her elbow, winking at the camera. Aquaman was depicted rubbing suntan lotion on her lower back, and Harley grimaced at the Mother Earth thanks you for keeping her ports clean. Caption She knew when Ivy had finished reading it because she punched through the display, leaving it splintered and sparking. Come on, Red. Harley grabbed her friend by the hand and pulled her out of the bus stop. We can get a cab someplace else. They trudged up the long driveway of 512 Greystoke Avenue, Ivy still sulking, Harley with a skip in her step. Geez, Ives, why you gotta be such a negative Nelly? Because we are visiting a world in which I am a prostitute, and I find that depressing, Ivy's hands were shoved deep in her pockets. You're being dramatic, Harley chided. You said I could pick the vacation spot this time, cause I was real stressed and your attitude right now ain't helping my outlook. Ivy kissed the other woman on the cheek apologetically. Aquaman. Really? Pfft, Harley laughed. Aquaman's hot. The redhead laughed as she rolled her eyes. So what's the plan? You're just going to knock on the door, freak her out, and then we can go get a hotel. Slow down there, girlfriend. First we gotta case the joint, Harley dove into the bushes at the side of the house and Ivy reluctantly followed. I wanna see what she's like first before I talk to her, she peered through the window at the empty house. I'm sure she'll be a lot like you, Harl, Ivy followed suit, looking into the dark living room. It doesn't look like anyone is home. Right on cue, 
lights began to bob up the driveway in front of them. The car was large, a van actually, and both Harley and Ivy held their breath as a man got out of the front seat and pulled open the side door. A wheelchair ramp was lowered and a blonde woman propelled herself down it in an aesthetically pleasing chrome chair. Thanks, Ricky, she called in an accentless voice as she pushed herself up the ramp to the front door. Do you need anything else, Dr. Quinzel, the man asked. Harley let out an eep that Ivy successfully muffled with her hand. No, I should be fine, the doctor gave him a warm smile and waved goodbye, unlocking the front door and disappearing inside the house. Harley and Ivy scurried back over to the window and watched as the blonde closed the door behind her and positioned herself in front of the peephole until the man, Ricky, had left. When she was sure the coast was clear, she pulled herself out of the wheelchair and moved it into the closet by the door. What the? Harley wanted to know. Ivy shrugged, now watching Harley's counterpart with great interest. The blonde stripped off her blazer and loosened her tie. She checked her watch once, twice, three times, before leaving the living room for what Harley and Ivy assumed was the kitchen. The two waited in complete silence until the woman came back into view holding a slice of pizza in her hand and plopping down on the couch to watch some TV. Well, if there was any question as to whether or not that's actually you. Ivy giggled, attempting to keep her voice at a whisper. Yeah, but she ain't even got one dog. And hey, what heck is she doin' rollin' around in a wheelchair if she can walk just fine? Harley asked. Ivy started to say she didn't know, but stopped as another pair of headlights came up the driveway, these belonging to a Hunter Green sports car. The blackroom tires came to a careful stop in front of the closed garage, and Harley and Ivy heard the engine cut out. The camouflaged woman squinted at the driver as she popped out of the front seat and locked the car behind her. The beep-beep of the alarm got the attention of the woman inside the house as well. She shut off the TV and nimbly jumped over the couch, crouching on the bottom step of the staircase. The driver of the sports car was finally close enough for Harley and Ivy to get a good look, although most of her facial features were still difficult to make out in the darkness. Her hair was a caramel color, long, spilling casually over the shoulders of her gray skirt suit. She wasn't terribly tall, probably 5 feet 3 inches or 5 feet 4 inches without heels on. Who's that? Ivy asked. Harley shrugged. I don't know, I didn't really do any research, I just got the address from the phone book. Looks kinda like Black Canary though, right? Ivy squinted. Whoever she is, she's got keys to your house. They watched as the woman on the porch fished said keys out of her purse and fitted them to the lock, cursing herself a bit when she found that the action was unnecessary because the door was already open. She entered the foyer and was setting her keys on the table just inside when the blonde pounced from her hiding place on the stairs, using the woman's back to shut the door as she assaulted her with kisses. Well, that answers that. Ivy mumbled, suddenly feeling a strange pang of jealousy. Harley watched, her eyes wide, as Harlene wrapped her legs around the other woman's waist and giggled gleefully, a sound that Ivy was intimately familiar with. This is weird. We shouldn't be watching this, Ivy tore her eyes away from the scene in front of her to look at Harley, who was blushing wildly. Oh my god, are you getting turned on by watching yourself have sex? Ivy demanded. They're just kissin', right, N.O. Harley turned away. Yeah, let's talk to her and then get a hotel. 
You're kidding, right? Ivy asked. Harley shook her head vehemently. Not even a little. Let's go, she grabbed Ivy's hand and pulled her out of the bushes, quietly circling around to the front porch. Harleen moaned and arched off the couch, gripping the fabric beneath her like a lifeline. More, please, God, yes. I take it you missed me. Pamela was asking when the doorbell rang. She slowed the rhythm of her fingers and looked at her watch. I thought we had at least another thirty minutes. Harleen sat up. We were supposed to. I've been looking for a reason to kill her, though, so this seems as good an excuse as any. She took Pam's fingers and guided them past the woman's red lips. Keep these warm for me, she kissed her on the forehead and jumped over the couch, straightening her hair and skirt as she crossed over to the door. Pamela took her fingers out of her mouth. Gross, she snickered, pulling her wig and wig cap off, shaking out the thick red locks that lay hidden beneath. Harleen sat down in her wheelchair and opened the door. Can I help you, she asked the two shadowed forms lurking on her porch. Hiya, girly. Harley exclaimed, stepping into the light. Harleen screamed and slammed the door shut, jumping out of the chair and running to cower in the corner. Pamela was on her feet. What's the matter? The blonde just shook her head from side to side, covering her ears with her hands and clamping her eyes shut. The doorbell rang again and Pamela put her hand in her pocket, drawing out two seeds as she approached the front door. She carefully turned the handle and then forcefully swung it open. Ah, uh, that ain't black canary, Harley said, looking at the pretty redhead silhouetted in the doorway. Ivy watched from the shadows in a state of disbelief. Is there any particular reason you chose to terrify my wife, or is it that you were mistaken and thought it was Halloween? It's March, you know. Red. Red. Harley turned to her Ivy. You hear that? We got married. Ain't that sweet? Pamela stiffened at the familiar nickname. Who are you? Oh, sorry. So rude, Harley wiped her palm off on her leg. Harley Quinn, please Tommy Cha, she stuck her hand out and shook Pamela's reluctant one. Your poison ivy. I just figured that out, she grinned and pulled ivy into the light. I got an ivy too, see. She's taller than you and she's got these vine. Thingies on her but otherwise you're the same. Just like me and her. She pointed excitedly into the house at the cowering Harleen. Pamela cocked her head and examined the other ivy. Interesting, she answered simply. I thought this was more of a flash thing, she opened the door wider. Harleen, she tossed over her shoulder. It's work stuff. Harley enthusiastically burst through the doorway, doing a spin inside the living room. This place is so nice. And it doesn't smell at all. Kinda smells like my spot when Pamela comes to visit. She means her house. I bring natural air fresheners when I visit her house, Ivy clarified, still looking Pamela over apprehensively. Ah, the shorter redhead closed the door behind them. So I take it this is payback for being a, what did he call me? A grumpy goose or a bitch depending on who you ask. Who? Harley asked, her entire face pulled into a question mark. Well, Supergirl said grumpy goose, but Supergirl is full of shit and a fucking child. Wonder Woman said he called me a bitch, 
and that I'm much more inclined to believe, Ivy explained as she walked over to put a comforting hand on Harleen's shoulder. I'm confused, Harley said helplessly, looking over at her Ivy for assistance. Who's he? Are you talking about the Flash? Ivy asked. Yes, Pamela answered like it was obvious. I'm assuming he sent you here under the guise of some sort of prank, right? No, Ivy shook her head. We don't know Flash. Harley has a strange relationship with Power Girl that she sometimes exploits. We were sent here under the guise of a vacation. What an idiotic place to vacation to, Pam helped Harleen to her feet. Daffodil, it's fine. Worst case scenario this is an acid trip that we're sharing. Ah. Harley clasped her hands in front of her, looking dreamily at her and Ivy's counterparts. Red calls me Daffodil too. It's her, Harleen croaked. It's the Harley from my head. The room watched as a wide grin spread over Harley's face. That is so cool. I oostita hear my therapist voice in my head. Twinning, she cackled. Okay, well, um, we should probably go. It was inconsiderate of us to just barge in without reviewing some of the possible landmines to us meeting, Ivy glared at her Harley. But wait, Red. Harley protested. We can't leave yet. We got some questions. Can you make them quick? Pamela asked. We're expecting guests. Yeah, yeah, sure thing, Pammy. Don't call me that, Pamela snapped. Okay. Harley crossed her arms, clearly hurt. That was rude. First question, Ivy assumed more of an offensive position after Pamela's harsh tone. What the hell is up with those stupid billboards? You saw those? Pamela grimaced. Fuck yeah I saw those. They're all over the city. Harleen finally drew herself up off the ground, but continued to eye Harley suspiciously, noticing their height difference. The PSAs were a stipulation of Ivy's release from Arkham ten years ago. Well, they're horrible and demeaning. Ivy was visibly upset. Ha! Pamela's laugh was hollow. You think those ones are demeaning, you don't know the half of it, she stormed off down the hallway, leaving Harleen alone with her counterpart and the other Ivy. Why isn't she more freaked out? Harley asked the blonde. Poison Ivy is a member of the Justice League, Harleen explained. She's seen far weirder things than you two. She's what? Harley and Ivy asked in unison. It was then that the shorter redhead returned carrying a rolled-up poster. This is one of the designs I rejected, she unfurled it and Ivy's eyes fell on a picture of Poison Ivy wearing a housewife apron and cleaning litter off of the forest floor with the caption, Happy Wife, Happy Life. Ivy's jaw dropped in horror, which seemed to please Pamela. She made sure the two Harleys had a good look at it as well before rolling it back up and setting it forcefully down on the table behind her. This is officially the worst-case scenario, Ivy murmured numbly. A quit being so dramatic, Red, Harley rolled her eyes. They basically draw me shirtless in about half of my panels these days, and look, she grabbed her breast and then pointed at Harleen's. They made me go up about three cup sizes. I mean, what heck? You know how hard it is to flip around all graceful like try and a keep my boobs in a corset. Everybody's hypersexualized, guys. Get over it. 
No. Pamela crossed her arms. I will not get over it and neither should you. What the hell happened to you, by the way? Why do you look like a lab experiment gone awry? For your information. Harley also crossed her arms. I got dunked in some acid by Mr. J. Who? Harleen asked, confused. The Joker. Harley told her. He ain't done it to you yet, but he will. Just you wait. The Joker's dead, Harleen told her. Catwoman killed him after he dunked, well, I guess the exact same thing that happened to you. Kitty? Harley asked, her eyes filling with tears. This display of emotion clearly disturbed Harleen. You're crying over Selena Kyle. The Ivies were watching this conversation unfold like a tennis match. Of course. Harley was exasperated. Kitty and Ivy are my best girlfriends. I don't know what I'd do without M. The front door kicked open. My ears are ringing. It's book club time, my bitches. The ghost like Selena Kyle entered the house with a 20 something redhead in tow. And would you look at what the cat dragged in? She gestured to the girl but stopped short when she saw the odd ensemble in the living room. Selena. Harleen addressed her coolly. Newman, the brunette replied. Pam, the younger redhead smiled. Barbara, Pamela returned the good-natured expression. Ooh. This is fun, Harley grinned. Selena frowned. I'm sorry, who are you? I'm Harley, her red and black pigtails danced. This is Ivy. We're them from another universe. Selena turned immediately to Pamela. Ivy, you asshole. Have you been growing catnip again? No. Pamela sighed. I'm pretty sure this is actually happening. I'm not nearly drunk enough for this. The brunette grumbled, unscrewing the cap on the bottle of whiskey she was carrying, only to have it wrestled away by the young woman behind her. You've had plenty, the girl scolded, setting the bottle on the table beside them. Okay. Pamela clapped. We're all going to sit down and figure this out, and then you all can try and catch up with Selena in terms of intoxication. Now, if you don't mind, I just returned from a week-long trip, an 11-hour flight, so I'm going to change into something that's not this, she indicated in the tailored gray skirt suit. Barbara, you're in charge. The younger redhead saluted her, and she started up the stairs. So. Harley wrapped her knuckles on the table, glancing around at the faces. Who are you, she asked Barbara. Barbara Gordon, she reached her hand out to shake Harley's who returned the gesture with gusto. Commissioner Gordon's daughter. Ivy asked. The girl nodded. Okay, sure. Harley leaned in conspiratorially. But like, who are you, she winked at least three times. Harleen sighed and got up from the table. I think some visual aids might help things along. God knows you have enough of them. Selena called after her, receiving a middle finger in return. She snorted and turned to Harley. So what the fuck happened to you? I, I got pushed into a vat of acid by the Joker, Harley told her, appearing a bit nervous with this Catwoman. Yeah. Selena asked, pouring herself a shot. So did I. Then I killed him. What did you do about it?
She stayed in an abusive relationship with him for 12 years, Ivy answered for her, pouring a shot of her own although she knew it wouldn't do much. Red. That ain't nice. I chose you in the end, Harley huffed. No. Ivy downed her drink. You chose not him. Big difference. All right, sorry, Selena chuckled. I guess that was a loaded question. Harleen dropped two thick photo albums onto the kitchen table and Pam came back down the stairs with green skin, dressed in workout leggings and a baggy, I survived Arkham Asylum t-shirt. It was a gag gift from Selena, she told them before anyone could question the shirt. And it looks splendid on you, Pamela, Selena laughed. Okay, Harleen began, sitting in between Harley and Ivy. So, based on your reactions to the whole Justice League thing, I take it your Ivy is still a villain. Well, sorta. Harley propped her elbow on the table. We both USTAB villains but then I said no way, Mr. J, and now I'm fighting the good fight. Pamela does her own thing. She helps me sometimes, but she also feeds people to her big ol' flytrap and tries to mess with Batsy and all that. That sounds complicated, Barbara offered. Pfft, you're telling me. Harley suddenly looked a bit weary. But anyways, we ain't gonna try to kill ya, if that's what you're wondering. Dot. Pamela crossed her arms and glanced at Barbara. I'm just not sure how much we can tell them. It's possible that a lot more secret identities than just cats cross over to their world. You're thinking of me? Barbara asked. Pam nodded solemnly just as Selena blurted out, Babs is Batgirl, earning her a slap to the back of the head by both Pamela and Barbara nearly simultaneously. Neither Harley nor Ivy looked all that surprised, though. We've got history, Ivy explained quickly. But Mr. J shot our red-headed Batgirl and she couldn't walk for a while, so, how come you're all fine and walkin' while Harleen hears scootin' around in a wheelchair sometimes? She turned quickly to Harleen. Yeah, hey. And how come we saw ya in a wheelchair? Barbara was your first Batgirl. Harleen asked, an eyebrow raised. Harley nodded and Harleen flipped past the first few pages of the thinner photo album, tapping on a photo of a blonde Batgirl in a gray and blue uniform with her arms wrapped around an annoyed-looking, leotard-clad poison ivy. It took Harley far too long to connect the dots. You mean, wait, you mean, I was Batgirl. Did ya hear that, Red, she asked her ivy. I was Batgirl. The real-life Batgirl. I did hear that, Ivy acknowledged. It sounds like there's a sad end to the story, though. Oh. Harley looked nervously back at Harleen whose face had, indeed, fallen. I was paralyzed from the waist down for eight years. Joker shot me in the spine the same night he dunked Selena in the acid, the blonde told her, prompting a semi-awkward silence from the rest of the table guests. But, but. Harley's eyes filled with tears. But you got your legs back, right? Harley, honey. Ivy reached across the table to squeeze her hand, trying her very best not to make fun of the pale woman. We've seen her walking around all night. Oh, right, Harley bonged herself on the head. Stupid. How'd you get better? Zatanna owed me a favor, Pamela informed them. You're friends with Zatanna? Ivy asked, a little appalled. Pamela regarded her counterpart coolly. 
Zatanna is my colleague whom I tolerate for professional purposes. Catwoman snorted, earning her a glare from the shorter redhead as well. I like Zatanna, Harleen smiled, flipping to a picture of Poison Ivy, Zatanna, and Barbara's Batgirl. She's sort of like a classier Selina. Harley and Ivy decided they would stay away from that one. Neither of them could figure out what exactly the rub was between Harleen and Selina, but clearly the dynamics were different than in their world. So you passed the cowl down to Barbara? Harley asked. Harleen nodded. I essentially served as Batman's in-house psychiatrist for a while as he grew his team. You'd be surprised how messed up some of those Batkids were. No, Ivy laughed. You have to be a special kind of messed up to wear tights and go hang out with an extraordinarily secretive flying rodent, she glanced around the table. No offense. Well, anyway. Harleen continued. Pam had just joined the Justice League and recommended we take a look at Barbara here to help even out the team again. Pamela winked at the girl, causing her to blush the color of her hair. But if you can walk, Ivy began. Why do you still use the wheelchair? Because she's lazy, Selena drawled. Harleen chose to ignore that comment. I still work at Arkham, so I'm brushing shoulders with criminals every day, but so far none of them have guessed that their crippled psychiatrist is actually Batwoman. You gotta be kidding me. Harley was listening to the story like she was on a roller coaster, surprised and thrilled with each twist and turn. Harleen smiled. Well, I've only been back for a year, but, yeah, she flipped to another page to show her in the black and red Batwoman costume, kissing a bodysuit-clad poison ivy on the cheek. Harley studied the picture closely. So Kitty killed Mr. J and you and your red shacked up. No, Selina laughed. They'd been together a few months before that. Dr. Quinzel here used to be Pam's psychiatrist at Arkham. Hey. Just like I was Mr. J's psychiatrist. Oh good, Selina took a shot. So you're unethical in every universe. She yelped as Pam's foot connected with her shin under the table. It's true, Harleen admitted. I was Ivy's psychiatrist, but she was declared legally sane and released from Arkham before our relationship actually started. You hooked up the day she got released, Catwoman scoffed. But then you guys got married. Ah. Harley grinned, stealing the blonde's focus away from Selena. Did Red wear a dress and everything? She did, the exact same expression spread over Harleen's face as she opened the other book and flipped to the wedding pictures. Oh my gosh. You guys look so cute. Harley hugged her counterpart. I always want a fairy tale wedding. Look it. And in the park. It's perfect. Ah, Red. That's exactly the kind of spot you'd get married in. Ivy stole a glance at the photo of Harleen in her wheelchair and Pamela sweetly kneeling down in front of her in a flower-embroidered dress, then she quickly looked away, choosing an obscure spot on the table to focus on instead. Harley laughed. How come Kitty's wearing a tux? I was Pam's best man, Selina chuckled. Yes, Harleen was terse. And as you can see. She pointed to a picture of Pam, Selina, and Bruce Wayne at the reception. Selina was absolutely trashed. It's called depression, doll, Catwoman hiccuped. I'm not handling it well. Clearly, Harley snorted. You know. 
Selena poured herself another shot. I would ask if this is how you treat your patients, but because you haven't fucked me yet. Dr. Quinzel rifled her glass at the woman's head across the table from her. Selena ducked just in time and Pamela sighed. Clearly, this was common behavior between the two. So what about you two? Barbara asked Harley and Ivy, trying to cut the tension. Are you an item, or? We are girlfriends without the jealousy of monogamy, Harley stated proudly. Ivy continued to stare at the spot on the table. So, you're fuck buddies? Selena asked, crudely. No way. We're way more than that, Harley said. When I fall in love, I fall hard and loyally no matter who you are. Pam cocked her head. I don't understand. I thought you just said. Ivy is my best friend ever, the Harlequin tried to explain. She's my rock. This earned her a brief smirk from Ivy. So then you're not romantically involved. Barbara attempted to clarify. No, no. We are, Harley nodded vigorously. We live to Geetha sometimes and we sleep in the same bed and we wrestle and make a lot of innuendo and people saw us kiss a couple a times, although most day the good stuff goes on between panels, if you know what I mean. I can assure you we don't, Pamela told her. Oh, well, uh. Harley was starting to look a bit uncomfortable and clearly wanted to be bailed out by Ivy, who eventually obliged her. I'm happy as long as she's happy, the taller redhead informed the group. Well, that's incredibly fucking depressing, Selena downed her shot. M.M., Ivy mulled that over as the others sat in silence. Harley eventually turned her attention back to Harleen. So you never loved Mr. J at all? Dr. Quinzel laughed. God no. I met Ivy on my first day, and the rest was history. Harley frowned. So you're telling me, that all I had to do was talk to Ivy first and this life could a been mine. Harleen shrugged. I'm not all that well versed in the theories of alternate timelines, but from what I'm hearing, that's what the two of us did differently. I met Poison Ivy, you met the Joker. The pale woman bowed her head. Let's go, Harl, Ivy said softly. That was a lot to take in for one night. Harley's bottom lip quivered. Could I, could I have this? She pointed to the picture of Ivy and Batwoman. Harleen hesitated for a moment, but after receiving a look from Pam across the table, took it out of its place in the photo album and placed it on the table in front of Harley. Ivy helped her friend to her feet, taking off the trench coat she was wearing and wrapping it around the smaller woman's shoulders. Look, Harley, Harleen cleared her throat. I may have come out of the woods semi-intact, but I was a really shitty person for a very long time. So, if you're matching up our trajectories in your head, you can take some solace in the fact that you seem a lot nicer than I ever was. Here, here, Catwoman clinked her glass with Barbara's who snatched both away and set them out of Selena's reach. Harley hugged each of them goodbye while Ivy offered a simple wave to Barbara and Selena, and understanding nods to Harleen and Pamela. I sorta kinda wish my kitty looked like you. That way we could talk about Mr. J sometimes, Harley whispered as she squeezed Selena. Well, you know where to find me, Selena offered a rare sweet smile. You're cute, Harley told Barbara before kissing her on the lips, not as chastely as Barbara would have preferred. You were always my favorite Batgirl. 
besides me of course, she giggled once they'd broken apart. Barbara was a bit wobbly, so Pam offered a hand to steady her, prompting another giggle from Harley. Are you friends with Wonder Woman? She asked, her eyes wide with excitement at the idea. Pamela nodded. I occasionally enjoy her company. She's a very serious woman. Harley smiled. I bet she moved on to Harleen, who she cocked her head at. Did ya not like hearin' me in your head? It wasn't really you, the blonde told her. It was a mental illness and it was distracting. Harley nodded in understanding. Red says I'm her favorite distraction. Well, then I'm glad you have her, Harleen patted her shoulder, as it suddenly sunk in how odd it was to be talking to another version of herself. Me too, Harley grinned, grabbing Ivy's hand and heading back into the chilly night. Hey, Red, she asked as the light from the house disappeared behind them, their walk a lot more pleasant now that she had a jacket. Yes, Harl. I really do love ya, you know. Ivy sighed. I know you do, Harley. I know you do. Chapter 56, A Pretty Decent Proposal So Pamela grunted as she lifted Harleen off of the bed. I think we should get married. Um, what? The blonde's eyebrows bounced in surprise as Pam helped her settle into her chair. I think we should get married, the redhead repeated quickly over her shoulder on the way to the closet. You haven't worn the navy blouse this week, would you like that one? Maybe with the black slacks. No, Harley replied distractedly, still trying to fully comprehend what she'd just been asked. Pamela's head popped back into view, her expression frustrated. Well, why not? Because it's boxy and unflattering. Harleen's intensity rose with the other woman. I would rather wear the pinstripes. Oh. Pamela's cheeks reddened as much as they could given her green complexion. So you will marry me, then, she smiled and returned to her wardrobe selection. It makes a lot of sense, financially speaking. We could file jointly since you insist on my paying taxes and qualify for the credits that wouldn't apply to either of us otherwise. Not to mention lower rates on car and health insurance, the importance of which cannot be understated given your present medical condition. Dr. Quinzel opened her mouth to respond, but no sound came out, so she clamped it shut confusedly and wheeled herself across the hardwood floor to the carpeted, walk-in closet. Pam was holding a white dress up to her body. What do you think, she asked when Harleen stopped in the doorway. No, the blonde told her, her mouth drawn into a firm line. Pam sighed. I wasn't all that sold on it either, but I thought maybe with my pea coat, the mustard one. No, Pam. No to your marriage proposal or whatever that was, Harleen clarified, her tone a mix of bewilderment and annoyance. What? Now the redhead's discomposure was warranted. She dropped the dress to her side. W.Y. not because that was the least romantic thing I've ever heard, the blonde threw her arms up. Marriage should be proposed, not suggested. What does it matter? Ivy huffed. It's the same question. Your question didn't even have a question mark. Harleen reminded her. When I was a little girl, I didn't go to bed dreaming of the day someone would lift me out of my wheelchair and casually suggest that we get hitched for the financial benefit. So what are you saying? Pamela hung the dress unceremoniously back on its hook. 
It's legal now, I don't understand your hesitation. I'm saying I'd like a little romance, Pam. Harlene Blonde explained. Pamela was silently thumbing through the rack of clothing. Fine, she mumbled. Here, she pulled the three-piece pinstripe pantsuit down off its hanger. I don't want the jacket, just the vest, Harley waited expectantly as Pam discarded the jacket and knelt in front of her chair. She looped her thumb under the hem of Harley's nightshirt and pulled it off over her head, tossing it into the hamper that sat in the corner. You should have been a basketball player, Harley chuckled. Pam smirked and helped the blonde to remove her sports bra as well, replacing it with one more appropriate for her outfit. She handed Harleen the sapphire blue short-sleeved button-down, and lifted her up slightly to pull her sweatpants off as Harleen closed her shirt one button at a time. Pam then began the arduous process of sliding the girl's fitted slacks up over her thighs at the awkward angle that the wheelchair forced. Shoulders, she commanded. Harleen compiled by grabbing Pamela's shoulders, pulling herself up just enough for Pam to slip the pants onto her hips. The redhead turned to the accessory shelf as Dr. Quinzel tucked her shirt in and finished fastening her pants. Pam lifted Harleen's black necktie and Michael Kors work pumps from their orderly positions, but the blonde stopped her as she turned around. I want the flats, she told her. Daffodil. Pam started softly. There is quite literally only one pro to your condition, and it is the ability to wear shoes solely for the purpose of aesthetics and not function, she placed her hand over her chest in mock integrity. I cannot, as a woman of legally sound mind and body, allow you not to take advantage of this one singular gift. Harleen rolled her eyes in response. And besides, Pam continued. We can't have you wheeling around looking like some sort of lesbian, can we? What sort of message does a flat shoe send? Dr. Quinzel burst out laughing. No. She said as she regained control of herself. No, we wouldn't want that. What's a bisexual shoe choice? Pam winked and pushed the straps of her own nightdress off of her shoulders, allowing the garment to fall to the ground, leaving the redhead completely naked in the warm morning light. Harleen blushed and swallowed hard, her typical response to Pamela's nudity. One year and ten months, and she was still unable to shake the butterflies that took flight in her stomach seemingly according to Pamela's whim. Pheromones or no, she was still poison ivy, after all. Do you want to, um? Harleen cleared her throat. Bring that over here for a second. The red-headed feigned a disappointed pout. I'm sorry, Dr. Quinzel, but that sounds awfully romantic. Something I'm not, evidently. The pout she received in return was genuine in every respect. White dress. Pam sighed, acting like she was deeply inconvenienced. You know what that means. She began to slowly reach for her unmentionables. Don't, don't you do it, Pam, Harleen said in a warning tone. Don't you pick up that thong. The redhead grabbed that exact garment and bit her lip as she stepped into it, inching it up her thighs at a cruelly glacial pace. You know, I should really choose a pair of shoes before I go any further. She tapped her index finger on her plump red lips thoughtfully, turning to the shoe rack and jutting her hip out. Pamela. Harleen breathed. Please don't put your shoes on before your bra. I'm serious right now, don't.
Ah, here we go, the redhead smiled and leaned down further than was necessary to grab the towering six-inches black stilettos. She strapped them to her feet and shimmied a bit as she righted herself. Oh, Harleen. She acted shocked. I didn't realize you were still here. The blonde was giving her a death glare, but she broke when Pam pushed a stray tendril of red hair out of her eye. Come on, just really quick. Harleen whined. I'm sorry, Harleen, Pam shrugged and clasped her bra behind her back. I'm saving myself for marriage. So we're vindictive this morning, are we? Harleen scowled as she looped her tie around itself, pulling the thick end through the knot and tightening it close to her throat. Too close, actually. She looked down, trying to stop it from cutting off her air supply, when she heard Pam kneel down in front of her. Here. She said in her rich, melodic voice. Let me help. No, I. Harleen looked up and found that Pamela was on one knee, her mustard peacoat draped over her shoulders, her hand reaching for something in her pocket. Harleen's breath hitched. You were, you were going to be romantic the whole time, weren't you? Pamela smiled and produced a small black box, opening it silently to reveal a silver, sapphire-encrusted ring. Is that a... Rose Pam smiled, referring to the white gold that held the main diamond in place. We're working on desensitizing my triggers, so I thought it might be time for me to start associating the rose with something else. Something like, you. Harleen was grinning so broadly she felt as if her cheeks might tear. Why didn't you start with this, she demanded, unable to shake the tearful excitement from her voice. I. A flash of rare insecurity crept back into Pam's features. I would like to know the raw data up front. I thought. She glanced down at the ring, I thought if you understood the benefits, you'd be more inclined to say yes. Harleen wiped a tear from her eye, still grinning like an idiot. Honestly, Pam, only you would propose in lingerie and heels. I'm a very beautiful W. Woman, the blonde finished with a chuckle. I know you are. And I'm wearing a jacket, too, Pam smiled as Harleen leaned forward and kissed her, but she made sure it remained chaste in nature so they wouldn't get carried away just yet. I'm a very intelligent woman, the redhead began, keeping Harleen at arm's length. I am articulate and well-read, objectively beautiful and successful with most everything I attempt. But I am. She cleared her throat. I am broken, she clutched the box in her hands a bit tighter. I know you're unhappy. Her tone was slightly defeated. And I know I'm partly responsible. Harley began to protest, but Pam shook her head, and she fell silent once more. You don't make me want to be a better person, the former villainess attempted to swallow back the lump in her throat. You're the only reason I want to be a person at all. She took the ring out of the box and held it out in her hand. You are so different from me, and sometimes it can be infuriating. Harleen laughed at that, and Pam smiled in return. But even though we have different strengths, it's our weaknesses that bind us. Our pain brings us closer together. I think we make each other better, Daffodil. And I don't ever want to give that up. So. She took a deep breath. Harleen Francis Quinzel, will you marry me? Harleen clamped her hands over her eyes, suddenly not wanting Pamela to see her cry. She was still able to nod her head vigorously, though. M.H.M.
Yes, I will. Harl. Pam chuckled, reaching up to take her right hand. She pried it away from her face, and Harleen peered out at her with one glossy blue eye. Pam kissed her hand before sliding the ring onto her fourth digit. Okay, Harley sniffed, roughly wiping the tears from her eyes and holding her arms out to the woman in front of her. I will get in touch now. Chapter 57, I Promise Pamela stood in front of the mirror, her heart beating faster than she wanted to admit. She smoothed down her dress again and again, running her hands down the seam on the side. The embroidered flower pattern scratched against her palm, and she was finding the repetitive motion soothing. It would be a small ceremony, only acquaintances that knew her as both Pamela and Paula, so she'd left her skin its natural shade of green. But now, looking at the complete image, she wasn't so sure. She looked fantastic, of course, she'd always look fantastic, but she wasn't so sure Poison Ivy belonged in a wedding dress. Pamela twisted her engagement ring on her finger. It matched Harleen's in terms of styling, but was encrusted with emeralds rather than sapphires. Wearing blue on her finger just felt wrong, like she was abandoning too much of herself. She took a deep breath, bit her lip, and closed her eyes. When she opened them again, her skin had paled. She was suddenly just a pretty redhead on her wedding day. Pamela could only behold the image for a few moments before her resolve slipped and the green seeped back up through the smooth, pale expanse. She drummed her fingers on her hip for a few beats before trying again, watching the transition from Ivy to Pamela this time. But she allowed it to go too far, turning her face white like snow rather than the usual tan complexion she chose, and for a moment, it was her mother looking back at her from the mirror. Naturally, she panicked but didn't take her eyes off the reflection, and as she watched, she could see her chest rising and falling in the mirror, the look of fear in her eyes, and although it wasn't actually her mother, it was the first time she'd seen that sort of emotion on the face that they nearly shared. An abomination. Pamela whispered. She swayed slightly in the dress, watching the sunlight illuminate the ivory embroidering. Surely I'm not a monster today. The reflection didn't respond. I'm getting married. And to a doctor, no less. She glanced down at the ring on her finger again, looking at the metal rose, I've never forgotten the roses. I grow them in my garden too, and I always have the weeding done. With a sigh, she looked up again, speaking more quietly now. She could provide for me if I wanted, she's ambitious and intelligent and, and I didn't mean to break her, she looked down at her feet. I've been working to put her back together, just like that plate, remember? Although she could feel the excitement in her expression at the memory, she could have sworn her reflection was disappointed. You said that plate I dropped at my father's party was ruined forever, but I put it back together. I searched under the table and the radio and I found all the pieces, every last splinter, and I put it back together just like new. Pamela smiled to herself. I haven't found all of Harleen's pieces yet, but I will. I am, um, I'm happy, mother. And I know once I find her pieces, she will be too. I'm. Pamela cleared her throat. I'm a very important woman. I didn't turn out to be the useless girl you raised, and I know there's nothing I could say about Harleen that would make you approve of her, but I'm in love and you're dead, so it hardly matters. The room was silent aside from the occasional chirping of a bird out the window, or the sound of a car's engine as it sped by, and so Pamela allowed her skin to shift back to its natural green. 
the rose isn't hers anymore, she had to remind herself. Hey, Selena's voice came from the doorway after a quick knock. What are you doing? Ivy whipped around and tried not to look too startled. Oh, I was, disappointing myself, I suppose. Selena narrowed her eyes and leaned against the doorway, looking altogether human thanks to the makeup Ivy had created to cover the aftermath of her acid bath. This mirror makes me look fat, Cam continued with her excuses. Selena suddenly stood bolt upright, a look of overplayed concern on her face. Pamela, you don't think, are you pregnant? I told that little heathen to use protection. Ivy rolled her eyes so hard it gave her a headache. Remind me why I invited you. Selena chuckled. I'm your best woman. And anyway, I came to tell you that child you're fucking, which you're also marrying, I guess. She's freaking out about something, so you're gonna have to go lock that shit down. If I didn't know any better, Kitty. Ivy began to slowly sashay towards her. I'd say you were jealous. Ooh, yum. I love the taste of puke in my mouth. Thanks for that, Selena leaned back against the doorway. Ivy dropped the act. I swear I'm driving you to rehab as soon as we're done here. Yeesh, Ives, Catwoman crossed her arms. A little harsh, don't you think? You just referred to the woman I'm marrying in an hour as that child I'm fucking. So no, I thought my response was appropriate. Now, if you'll excuse. Me. Pamela walked past the brunette out the door, I'm going to lock the chit down, as you so eloquently put it. She stopped for a moment and turned around to face Selena once more. But I'm serious when I say I'm worried about you. Perhaps we really should get you some help. Do you recommend I marry my psychiatrist? Selena responded, her tone biting but her eyes displaying the hurt that lay just below the surface. That seems to have worked wonders for you. Pam sighed. In any case, thank you for being here today. I know you and Harleen don't exactly get along. You and I don't exactly get along, Catwoman pointed out. You wore a tuxedo to my wedding, Cat, Ivy smiled. Sure we get along. Harleen was sitting in her chair facing a blank wall when Pamela and Selena walked in. I'm not ready yet, she murmured without turning around. I can see that, the redhead acknowledged, looking at the white dress still on its hanger. I'm not supposed to see you in your dress yet, Pam, Harleen complained. It's bad luck. What a ridiculous superstition, Ivy crossed the room and turned the woman's chair, revealing red-rimmed eyes and smeared makeup. Oh, great. The blonde shouted at Selena, who was casually sitting on the couch in the corner. Remind me that I'm marrying a supermodel, that's a huge boost for my self-esteem. Doesn't make me feel inadequate at all. The brunette shrugged in response. Ivy was already dabbing at Harley's eyes with a tissue. I'm a botanist, Daffodil, she reminded her, although it seemed to be motivated by a genuine need to correct the inaccuracy rather than solely for Harleen's benefit. It's just. The blonde sniffed, pulling away from Pamela's touch. You're poison Ivy. You're on billboards and you, you look like that, and you're a metahuman for Christ's sake. And I'm nothing. Not anymore. I'm just some girl in a wheelchair. Honey. Selena began from her place on the couch, people hate poison ivy. 
The redhead shot her a look and Selena promptly ignored her. The only reason people are being forced to like her now is you, Doogie. It's embarrassing, Harley cried. I wanted to walk down the aisle, not roll, and what's the point of wearing a dress if I'm going to be sitting down the whole time? I'd like to only get married once, and here we are and I'm not even me. And we're going to look back at the pictures and all I'll be able to see is this fucking chair. Well, what about me? Pamela's eyes were suddenly wide with concern. Won't you see me? Harleen didn't respond, just wiped her eyes with the back of her hand. You're marrying me, not your chair, after all. I'll see you. Pam brushed the hair out of Harley's eyes. Do you love me, Harleen? MHM, the blonde nodded earnestly. Then do what you promised you'd do. Pam placed her right hand next to Harley's and gently tapped her ring against the other woman's. And marry me, please. I'm scared, Red, Harley's lip quivered. Pam leaned forward and pressed a kiss to Harley's forehead. I know you are. Selena took her silent cue and stood up from the couch, crossing the room and taking Harleen's dress off the hook. Please don't leave me, Pamela murmured against the blonde's forehead. Harleen separated and looked up at Ivy, brushing their noses against each other as she did. Her blue eyes sparkled, wide and glossy. I would never leave you, Pam. I promise. Welp, looks like this whole soiree is just an expensive formality then, Selena dropped the dress on Harleen's lap and Pam had to sit back to allow the fabric room. Chop, chop. We're on a timeline, ladies. Chapter 58, Smooth. You can dance if you want to, Harley murmured as she and Pamela sat at their table, watching their friends or amicable acquaintances make fools of themselves. Bruce suggested, as a show of good faith for Pamela's new membership in the Justice League, she invited them all to the wedding. Pamela and Harleen had assumed that few, if any, would actually show, being that Pamela wasn't exactly friendly, she had been a notorious villain up until two years ago, and they were all busy people. They'd obviously misjudged just how desperate these heroes were for a night out because most of them had actually come. Harl, Pamela chuckled, do I seem like a person who likes to dance? Enough that they would leave their bride sitting here alone on their wedding night. No, no you don't. Harleen smiled and bumped the redhead with her shoulder. Did you ever think you'd have a bride? Pam considered that for a moment, knitting her brow and pursing her lips. No, I can't say that I did. Why not? Harleen interlaced their fingers, smiling at the matching wedding bands. The redhead sighed because I didn't understand myself before and neither did the world around me, and afterwards, I didn't want to. The human race wasn't worth my time, still isn't, really, let alone one singular person. M.M., Harleen nodded, taking in the answer for all its complexities. See, I just thought I was straight, she laughed at the glare Pam shot her. Maybe I still am. Maybe I'm just in it for the plants and the perks. Oh. And what might those be? Pam asked, leaning back to regard Harleen skeptically. How about seeing Batman volunteer to be Catwoman's designated driver? Or Wonder Woman trying to figure out what the hell she's doing here? Or finding out that Flash is a hot blonde? I totally wouldn't have known that if I hadn't married you, Harleen grinned, the sparkling lights above them reflecting in her blue eyes. Congratulations, 
the redhead mumbled as she turned her attention back to her colleagues. And how could I forget the best perk of all? Harleen grabbed Ivy by the cheeks and pulled her in for an overzealous kiss. I get to do that and not die. Well, that and a lot more, she winked. Honestly, Harleen, Pamela chuckled as she wiped her mouth with the back of her hand. Your tongue-to-lips ratio is just, it's a lot. Well sorry, the blonde lulled her entire head rather than just rolling her eyes. Not all of us have had thirty-something years of practice. Perhaps in thirty years I'll have whipped you into shape, Ivy smiled, her eyes illuminated with a different sort of emotion than her usual fury. Harleen dropped her gaze and lowered her voice, the wind stolen from her sails. I don't think you'll want to kiss me in thirty years, Pam. I'll be about sixty years old. And I'll be nearing one hundred, Ivy smiled again, leaning forward to gently brush her lips against the other woman's. Age is but a number, Daffodil. Aren't I living proof of that? Yeah, but that's the problem, Harleen's expression was pained once more. Your. Excuse me, ladies, Flash interrupted. There's another cake under the table, Harleen told him distractedly, wanting to get back to her and Pamela's conversation. Pam told me about your crazy metabolism. No, he laughed. Thank you, but I was coming to ask for a dance. I'm not sure how effectively Harleen's wheels will. Harley smiled and placed her hand on Ivy's knee to interrupt her. I think he meant it with you, babe. Pam looked up at him, puzzled at first, but her expression quickly changed to guarded and skeptical. Why? Is she always so paranoid? Flash asked the bride in the wheelchair. Go, Pam, Harleen patted her knee. Live a little so I can live vicariously through you. I'm really not a fan of the guilt card, Ivy grumbled as she allowed Flash to help her up from her chair. Love you too, Red, Harley winked and blew a kiss as Pamela was led onto the dance floor. The song was relatively slow, and to Harleen's surprise, Pamela allowed herself to fall back into the following position. Harleen smiled and sighed with a cadence somewhere between wistful and contented. You know, maybe I shouldn't be so hard on you, Selena Kyle slurred as she flopped heavily into the seat Ivy had just vacated. How shit-faced are you? Harleen asked without turning to her. Scale from, I don't know, Pam to Karen on Will and Grace. I'm bridesmaid at a wedding drunk, Selena hiccuped. Completely appropriate for the setting. Harleen eyed her sideways. How much of this are you going to remember tomorrow? MMM. Selena was evidently thinking. I'll remember you rolling down the aisle because you pushed yourself even though Bruce could have done that for you, and I think I'll remember Pammy's face when she put the ring on your finger because that was when it became pretty fucking clear that Poison Ivy had. Been body snatched, Selena laughed at her own joke. Seriously, you really fucked with that woman's head. Yeah, Harleen admitted, her voice quiet, yeah I did. I just can't be believe you, married Poison Ivy, the brunette shook her head. Do you have a death wish? What happens if she gets mad? You can't exactly defend yourself, you can't even walk. I mean, I, I am glad you're confident in your therapeutic skills, but what if she snaps like she used to? You're drunk, Harleen grumbled. And you just married a known psychopath, Catwoman laughed. What? Was Joker taken or something? Had to find the next best thing for your little psych experiment. 
Harleen's eyes were brimming with tears. She pushed past Catwoman in her chair, rolling herself away as quickly as possible. Where are you going? Selina called after her. To get another piece of cake. Ivy held onto Barry's shoulder as they swayed with the music. I'm surprised so many of you came, she admitted. Flash leisurely spun her and then pulled her back close to his body. I like to think we take care of our own. Believe it or not, you're pretty important to the team. And why's that, she kept her feet in time with him. It's not every day a villain switches sides, Barry acknowledged. The least we can do is support her healthier life choices. He smiled and twirled her again. You know, I find that a bit demeaning, Cam's hips were tighter now, her movements less fluid. I didn't mean it like that, he assured her. I'm just saying Harleen's a real catch. Ivy relaxed and the song ended. She nodded politely at him and went to turn away, but he held her by the shoulders and said, I'm really glad you two worked out. Seriously. Noted, Ivy narrowed her eyes at him, finding the intensity of his earnestness off-putting. Tell your reporter I said hello. He dropped his arms and she was able to exit the dance floor in the direction of her table, but upon her return, she found Catwoman sitting there, her feet up but Harley gone. Where is? Stress eating, Selina informed her before she even had time to finish her inquiry. Ivy scanned the cake table but could only find Barbara Gordon. Fifteen now, brand new to the Bat family, and staring dreamily at the twenty-three-year-old unmasked Robin that sat a few tables over from where she stood absently stabbing at the piece of cake she had yet to actually put on a plate. Barbara, Ivy tapped her on the shoulder, and she jumped nearly out of her skin. Oh. Ah uh, hey, Ivy, what's um? She tried to play down the blush in her cheeks. What's up? Beautiful ceremony, by the way. Wordlessly, Ivy took the knife from Barbara and moved the slice of cake from the communal serving dish to her plate, then took the fork from her hand and stabbed through the soft layers so it stood upright in the frosting. Here, Ivy handed it to her. That was unsanitary. Sorry. Barbara looked down at her feet. You need to wait a few years, darling, Ivy implored. She knew Barbara understood what she was referring to when she blushed an even brighter shade of red. Eight years makes a big difference right now. Barbara scoffed. You're not seriously lecturing me about age differences, are you? Harl's closer to my age than yours. Now, don't you be cross with me, young lady, Pam put her hands on her hips. Dick is a nice man as far as men go, but he is still a man, and you're just a girl. There's a reason we don't call you Batwoman. Take your cake and go babysit Selena for me. She's in need of supervision. Barbara grumbled something sounding suspiciously close to you're not my mom as she sulked away. You're damn right I'm not. Ivy called after her. After sighing and fretting Barbara's future life choices for a moment, she began her search for Harleen, which was fairly easy following her tire tracks. The blonde was laying in the grass by her chair near the pond. Ivy jogged as quickly as she could in her shoes over to Harleen. Are you okay? She panted. Do I look okay? Harleen snapped. How did you get out of your chair? Pamela asked as she sat down beside her. I flopped. Ah. Pamela nodded her head slowly, 
watching Harley as she stared up at the sky above her. Pam laid down as well, understanding that her dress would likely be ruined, but willing to make the sacrifice. Instead of watching the sky, though, she watched Harley. You look like an angel, she attempted to soften her wife's mood. Has anyone ever told you that? No. Someone once told me I resembled a Labrador retriever, though, Harleen didn't shift her gaze from the stars. Pamela smiled and moved her eyes upwards as well. I stand by that assessment. A few moments of silence passed and Pam eventually, tentatively, grasped Harley's hand on her own, but the blonde pulled away almost immediately. What's the matter? Ivy wanted to know. Are you okay? Harleen asked, answering her question with a question and finally lulling her head to stare intently at the other woman. You're a much different person than when I met you and I, I don't know, you can tell me if you're not okay, you know. I can be your psychiatrist right now, if you want. Ivy took a second to consider the offer. You know what I'd rather you be. Hmm? Harley prompted. Pamela rolled over on top of her. I'd much rather you be my wife, she kissed her passionately but pulled back once Harleen began to giggle. What, she asked, a smile seeping into her expression as well. That was so smooth, Harleen wrapped her arms around Pamela's waist. Ivy sighed as she leaned down and rested her forehead against the other woman's. Closing her eyes, she whispered, I am very, very smooth. That, darling, will remain consistent. Like Puddin, Harleen giggled, her accent slipping for a moment as her worries melted away under Pam's lean form. Smooth like Puddin. Chapter 59, Puzzles Harleen liked crossword puzzles. She liked almost every kind of puzzle, actually, but crosswords most of all because she was better with words than numbers. When Harleen was still competing for Gotham State's gymnastics team, Sundays were her day off. Her only day off. Going down to the coffee shop a few blocks over from her dorm, buying a latte and a newspaper and completing the crossword puzzle was the most adult thing in her life at that point, and it felt good to pretend to be an adult. Now, Harleen truly was an adult. She owned a house. A house with a porch. And she could afford a newspaper subscription. She had zero interest in anything but the sports pages and the crossword, so maybe, in some people's opinion, the subscription was a waste, but it was worth every penny to help Harleen feel like an adult. True, she didn't need quite as much assistance in that department anymore. She did other adult things like carry a briefcase and wear clothing to work that needed to be dry cleaned. She drank espresso she made herself in. Her fancy espresso machine and her fridge contained more than cold pizza and energy drinks. But Sundays were still for crosswords, well actually. Enter Pamela. Pamela with her vast intelligence and little self-awareness. Pamela who could move quickly on the legs she was born with, not wobble around with an ability she'd just been regifted. Pamela who sat with Harleen every morning, reminding her for the billionth time how the espresso machine worked, or which pan to cook eggs in before always, ultimately, deciding it would be quicker if she just did it for her. It was true Harleen did a lot of adult things, but she was far less of an adult than Pamela. Not as smart, not as fast, anymore, just as pretty but not quite as beautiful. Harleen may not have been handicapped anymore but she was still disadvantaged. And the crossword, well, that one really ticked Harleen off. 
Pamela didn't like crosswords, she thought they were a waste of time, but Pamela was still good at crosswords. Pamela did the New York Times crossword puzzle in pen, and Pamela stole Harleen's on Sunday mornings. This Sunday would be different, though. Harleen had hidden the paper before Pamela woke up, and she was going to do that goddamn crossword if it was the last thing she ever did. There were a lot of things Harleen had come to learn about Pamela in the six years they'd been married, including the strange way she slept. The redhead was absolutely expressionless in sleep. Completely silent, too. Harleen had to lean over every morning to check her pulse because she'd seen coma patients show more signs of life. She assumed Pamela would be a restless sleeper for how truly little she slept. While Harleen rolled around all night, her arms splayed. Out, mumbling incoherently, the redhead remained stock still, always in the same position, on her side, her knees pulled tight to her chest. Sleep was a basic instinct, a biological need. Dreams bring unconscious desires to the forefront, and the body reverts to its most intimate knowledge of itself. For Harleen, that was Harley, all energy and movement and emotion. For Ivy, it was Pamela, shame, possessiveness, and a desperate need for comfort. Harleen usually tried to let Pam sleep in on Sundays, but unfortunately, she was still conditioned for the schedule they'd established during Harleen's paralysis. So the blonde waited for Pam's eyes to shoot open at 6 a.m. sharp, and they did, right on the dot. Harleen had already been to the bathroom to brush her teeth, because unlike Pam, she didn't always smell amazing. I can do it myself now, Harleen reminded her as the redhead slowly eased the grip on her own knees. MHM, Pamela nodded sleepily, her eyelids fluttering shut once more as she nuzzled her face deeper into the downy pillow. Maybe I'd like to exercise with you. Harleen laughed, propping herself up on one elbow. No you wouldn't. No I wouldn't, Pamela agreed. You can help me with my cardio later, though, the blonde winked even though she knew her wife wouldn't see it. MMM, Pam sighed, rolling over onto her back. I love it when my body is referenced in the same context as a treadmill. Harleen ran her fingers through the other woman's red hair, smoothing it down on the pillow. I'm much more of a stairmaster gal, you should know that by now. And I'd choose you over one of those stinky old things any day. It's good to be valued, the redhead hummed her appreciation for the scalp massage. Oh, I'll value you, Harley pounced, pressing the other woman into the mattress. I'll value you twice. Three times. You'll be like yes, Harl. Value me. She rocked her hips into Pamela's who began to laugh, but kept her eyes shut tightly, not wanting to fully acknowledge the morning just yet. I would not say that. No, a feral grin stretched Harleen's lips. You'd say indubitably, Dr. Quinzel, she said with a subpar British accent, I am enjoying this pleasure I'm receiving very much. Please, doctor, may I have some more?" Pamela peered at the woman on top of her with one eye, her corresponding eyebrow arched. Since when am I British? Oh, Puddin, Harleen pulled on her best concerned expression. Do you not know you're British? Pamela groaned and snapped her eyes shut once more. Leave. Fine, the blonde leaned down and pecked her on the lips. But I'm leaving because some of us actually have to work for our bodies, not because you told me to." Noted, Pam pushed the other woman off of her hips and nearly off the bed. Harleen's mission that day was to do fifty lunges on each leg, and then fifty squats using only her body weight as resistance.
she wasn't quite ready to use added pounds yet. 100 lunges was roughly one lap around Pamela's greenhouse. She'd had her legs back for five months now. The first two were spent learning how to walk, the third to jog, the fourth to run, and now in month five she was beginning to build up her leg muscle once more. Her legs shook with each step, her agility and fluidity gone, having to be relearned. Harleen gritted her teeth and focused on placing one foot in front of the other, taking deep breaths through her mouth and occasionally whimpering at the discomfort, feeling the lactic acid already creeping into her muscles. This workout was pitiful. The fact that it was causing her any trouble at all was disheartening. Harleen used to train for seven hours a day when she was a teenager, and she'd worked so hard to maintain herself, and now here she was, 34 years old, old being the operative word, and barely able to lunge around her wife's greatly reduced greenhouse. My wife. Harleen's jaw clenched as she struggled past the halfway point. The one that had either gone back to sleep or was sunbathing at this point. Who'd never exercised a day in her life? Who got to work with the Justice League because she was an immortal metahuman, of all things? The former gymnast had to recruit every muscle fiber available to her to stay upright as she wobbled on the 43rd repetition. But it wasn't enough. She still fell over, landing on her butt feeling like she'd just fallen off the balance beam at a national competition. Harleen shook her head and pulled herself back to her feet. Refocusing her mind as she steadied herself against one of Pamela's work tables. She took a deep breath and began again, fleetingly wishing Harley was still around to keep her. Motivated. She would get back to fighting shape, it would just require patience. A lot of patience. About twenty minutes later, Harleen hobbled across the backyard and into the house. Pamela was standing in front at the stove, making breakfast for Harleen like she used to when the blonde couldn't herself do to the height of her chair. Pamela's red hair cascaded down her back over her white dress shirt, which was buttoned lazily, showing most of her tight abdomen, and naturally, she'd neglected to cover her panties with anything more substantial. Harleen would have rolled her eyes if the sight weren't so arousing, so she elected to sit down in a huff at the table. The bacon's in the oven, Pam assured her, obviously thinking Harley's sigh was aimed at the alarming lack of bacon on the stove. Harleen grunted a semi-appreciative response as she shuffled through her case notes on the kitchen table. Pamela's case briefs, on the other hand, were stacked in a neat pile, ready to be transferred to her briefcase on Monday. Where's the newspaper? Harleen asked when she found it had disappeared from its hiding spot below her notes. Without turning her attention from the eggs she was scrambling, Pamela pointed to the adjacent counter. Harleen pushed herself off of the chair, swaying slightly on her tired legs. The newspaper was there all right, and it was already open to the crossword. The puzzle itself. Filled out in full. All in black pen. Harleen crinkled the paper in her hands and screamed silently, unsure why this specific thing bothered her so much. Just yet another reminder of Poison Ivy's superiority. The blonde wanted so badly to ball up the paper and throw it at. Pamela's head, but then she took another look at the woman's casual outfit, her relaxed stance, the fact that she was cooking breakfast for someone else. This woman standing before Harleen was Poison Ivy. The cold-hearted villain, the reluctant hero, she was standing in Harleen's kitchen cooking her breakfast because she wanted to. Harleen won. She truly had. 
This was the same woman who'd smirked at her through the glass at Arkham with more confidence than a human being should possess. Poison Ivy had been so sure she'd send yet another psychiatrist home crying, and now here she was, in said psychiatrist home, making her eggs and apologizing for not having the bacon ready. Ivy could complete as many crossword puzzles as she wanted for the rest of her life, and Dr. Quinzel would still come out on top. Harleen set the newspaper aside and trailed her fingers along the countertop until she was close enough to slip her arms around Pamela's waist and nuzzle her face into the crook of her neck. As always, Ivy's emerald form braced first before ultimately relaxing into Harleen's arms. How did it go in the greenhouse? Pamela asked as she absently stirred the eggs in the pan. Really good, Harleen lied. Almost too easy. Excellent. Perhaps we should hold off on the injection then, Cam turned off the burner. No, no, I mean, I didn't feel that great, Harleen tried not to sound too desperate. Ivy was referring to the agility serum she'd been giving her, the same she gave Catwoman. Harleen was fairly certain she wouldn't have been able to complete that workout without it, and the idea of losing the strength she'd gained terrified her. Okay, well. Pam shimmied slightly, trying to give the blonde the hint that she'd be needing her full range of motion. You can't take it on an empty stomach. Can I take you on an empty stomach? Harleen's lips tickled Pam's ear. Ivy rolled her eyes, but was unable to keep the smile off her face as she twisted around in Harleen's arms. How did I know you were going to say that? I don't know, Pamelam, the blonde shrugged, her grin childish. Maybe because you're a genius. Flattery will get you nowhere, Dr. Quinzel, the redhead asked. You're just predictable. It doesn't take a genius to suss that out. Harleen giggled as she dipped her head to kiss the other woman's neck. If I'm so predictable, how about you guess what I'm gonna do next? Hmm. Pam closed her eyes at the feeling of the blonde's soft lips on her neck. I think you're going to fuck me on this countertop over here. Why, Dr. Isley, I do declare, Harleen began nudging her back towards the aforementioned countertop. You really are a genius. Chapter 60, Snapshot Batwoman ducked behind a car, Batgirl, and Nightwing at her side. Christ, since when did he have this many of them? Nightwing peered through the car's window assessing Firefly's approaching swarm. It definitely looks like they increased their membership. They've got us pinned, Batgirl lamented. I thought you called for backup. I did, Batwoman gritted, inching up to get another look at the enemy. They just seem to be taking their sweet time. Honestly, the ungratefulness. A cold female voice came from behind them, causing all three to jump. And did you honestly dispatch the Justice League to combat a human with fancy gadgets? Poison Ivy, Batwoman sighed. I specifically told you guys we were dealing with fire, and they sent us the hero whose weapons can be burned. Tough luck, honey, Ivy sneered. I was on call. Nightwing wasn't paying attention, he'd returned his focus to the swarm. How does Firefly recruit 80 people to walk around with flamethrowers because he told them to? Humans are weak-minded, was Poison Ivy's simple explanation. Now, can we get this started? I'm expected to cross town in 30 minutes. Yeah, Batwoman pulled a smoke grenade from her utility belt. Let's go. Pamela rolled her eyes for what felt like the hundredth time as she glanced at her watch again. 
Her caramel-colored Paula Irving wig was styled into a loose bun on top of her head, and her red dress next to her green eyes made it look like Christmas in July. Ma'am, are you sure you don't want to order, the waiter asked as he filled her water glass. She's coming, Pamela was beginning to grumble before her voice was drowned out with a sorry, sorry, sorry from the blonde rolling through the restaurant in her chrome chair. Honestly. Pamela huffed as Harleen misjudged her final rotation and slammed herself against the table. Forty-five minutes late, I can't believe you. The waiter cleared his throat uncomfortably and Pam shot him a look Harley knew was coming her way next. Can we start with breadsticks? Harleen asked, her expression cloyingly sweet in comparison to the other woman's. The waiter nodded and ducked away almost quicker than was appropriate for the setting. Pamela was still glaring, but her focus was now on the woman across the table. What? Harleen was already defensive. I had to change, okay. The redhead narrowed her eyes in judgment. It took you 45 minutes to change from your suit into the clothes you wore to work today. You literally left before me. Harleen looked down at her blouse and pencil skirt. I couldn't get a taxi. That's because you pretend you're still paralyzed and have a designated driver that takes you to and from your appointments, Pamela reminded her as she opened the menu she'd already been over six times. Why didn't you utilize him? All right, you got me, I was lollygagging, Harleen admitted. Sorry, babe. You look hot, though. I know I do, Pamela mumbled from behind her menu. Is that a new dress? Harleen asked trying to distract with a new conversation topic. Pamela snapped the menu shut. If you must know, yes. It is. Did you buy it for date night? Pam doubled down on her scowl in an attempt to hide her blush. Well, now you're just making me feel silly. Thanks a lot, babe, Harleen huffed playfully. Now I'm starving but not for food, if you know what I mean. She wiggled her eyebrows and the redhead had to avert her gaze. Stop it, she fought through her smirk as Harleen sat back, satisfied. The waiter came back with the breadsticks and Harleen had one of them in her mouth before he'd even set the basket on the table. She was raised by wolves, Pamela explained quickly. And we are ready to order. I'll have the house salad, no dressing or croutons, just balsamic vinegar served on the side and she'll have the steak cooked well. She will not eat it if she sees pink. She'll tell you she likes it, but we'll end up throwing it in the garbage when we get home, and I'd like not to pay for food we don't eat. See can you repeat that, the waiter asked nervously as he opened his order pad. No, Pamela told him firmly. Ooh, do you guys have daiquiris? Harleen asked. And one of those as well, Pamela confirmed before showing him away. Harleen grinned as she waited for them to be alone once more. How much saliva do you think's gonna be in our food? I'd expect your drink to be a 50-50ths ratio, Pamela sighed. Honestly, Pam, Harleen crossed her arms. Would it kill you to be a little nicer to people? Eleven years together and you can't figure that one out for yourself. Pamela eyed her suspiciously. For a therapist you are a terrible listener, Daffodil. And anyway, that boy is drowning in pheromones right now. He'd go to the restaurant next door and get that drink for you if I asked him to. My knight in shining armor, Harleen said dryly. 
The redhead winked and a few moments of comfortable silence passed between them before Harleen spoke up once more. I have a question for you. Then I hope I have an answer, Pamela took a sip of her water. Harleen drummed her fingers on the table, not making eye contact. I know we've never talked about this. Pamela waited silently, expectantly. I'm, um, just wondering. Harleen cleared her throat. Would you, do you think you could ever see yourself with kids? Pam raised an eyebrow. Human children, you mean? Yes, Harleen almost laughed. Human children. Would you like to have human children with me? I'm Baron and you're 37, Pamela answered curtly. We're also superheroes with full-time professional day jobs as well. I don't see where we'd find the time. I'm also not sure a child could survive long enough in my presence for me to administer the vaccine since their immune systems wouldn't be strong enough at birth." Harleen glared at her wife. All right, first off, I'm sorry I'm not stuck at 33 like you are. Must be nice to not notice new wrinkles on your face every day. But 37 is not too old to be a mom, and you're like 75, so get off your high horse, babe. I'm not like 75, I am 75, and how would we explain that to the children?" Pamela asked, trying to be reasonable. And I only mentioned your age in regards to reproductive health, not actual motherhood. People have kids at 37 all the time. Harleen retorted. And anyway, we could still adopt. Okay, well my time management argument still stands, the redhead crossed her arms. We are simply too busy. I'd quit my job at Arkham, Harleen said suddenly. Bruce pays you more than enough, I don't have to work. But you want to, Pam reminded her. And to me it sounds like even though we've never spoken about this, you've put a lot of thought into it. Look, I just, ugh, Harleen calmed herself down. I just finally feel like myself again, and unlike you, I only have this one life, I don't know if I can justify not ever having kids. What are you saying? Ivy's voice was cold. Harleen took a deep breath. I'm saying that I love you, I'm married to you, and that I would like to have kids, preferably with you. Oh, so suddenly I'm expendable. I didn't say that, the blonde huffed. But can you imagine what it's like for me? Just for a second. I know everything moves slowly for you, your own life doesn't exactly flash before your eyes, but mine does. It's all going really, really fast and I'm afraid there are things I'm missing out on." Harleen's voice grew thick with emotion and Pamela knew tears weren't far behind. Our life together is just a snapshot in a photo album for you, just a brief little adventure compared to the scope of your existence. For me, it's all I'll have. It's my whole life. So even if you're inconvenient a bit, it will only be for a minute in the grand scheme of things. Do it as a favor for me, if you have to, but just say yes please. But I already have a human child," Pam protested. Her name is Selena Kyle, she's 43 years old and an absolute nightmare. Yeah, Bruce and I are staging an intervention for her, so don't worry about that. Harleen revealed offhandedly. Harleen, Pamela reached across the table to take her hand and look her in the eye. Every year, I hear my baby's voices crying out as summer turns to autumn. Every single one. Now you are asking me to not only stand by as you expire, but also other children that I know I will grow to love. 
that will remind me of you. My burden is to watch them age, pass me by and wither, and then die surrounded by their families. It's not just a snapshot, Harlene. This will create an entire bloodline for which I am partially responsible. Children. Grandchildren, great-grandchildren. I'll watch them all die. Every single one. That is what you're asking of me right now. Harleen's big blue eyes were glossy with tears preparing to spill down her cheeks. Please. 